I'll come back. 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 Something, something, no loop. Okay. Warning, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Barcast. So the bar gets lower every single week. Uh, your bartender for this evening will be Alex underscore. Why am I here? <laughs> because you know. you're told to. Um, <laughs> the intern does what it's told. <laughs> And my name is Flutter Priest. This week we have a very special cast for you guys, one that you guys have actually requested for, and we just happened to run into at HRPC. Uh, Odyssey Eurobeat, please wel uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us. No problem. They actually brought me here in a burlap sack for the most part. They kept it pretty well air-conditioned, but uh, otherwise just a little, little, little bit cramped. Yeah, no, we, we try not to rough you up too much, but we ain't fluffers by any means. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, I mean, it was better than uh, some of the first BronyCon flights that I've taken, so we're good. <laughs> what, just like, you know, just get shipped in a dog cage? I, I could be someone's pet just for a trip. Yeah, I think, you, I think depending on where you go, you have to pay more for that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, welcome. We're a user-submitted podcast where you guys ask for the guests um we ask and get them on then you ask the questions and we make them miserable for two hours um short and sweet and simple we're we're doing this on twitch tv live right now but you can feel free to catch up on this and any of the other guests that we've had before such as bill newton john delancey and many others out on yeah. youtube and itunes um Let's see, uh, what else am I missing? We do not have a drinking word. Oh my gosh, we're extremely unprepared. Um, <laughs> How about Discord? Just, yeah, to, Discord? just to, yeah, just to undo that right off the bat. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't catch the word. No, oh, I'm looking no. at the stream right now, see? Oh no. Yeah, you can't pull that kind of thing on me, man. Doesn't mean I'm not drinking, just I, yeah, don't, don't pull that on the person who just proposed the word. <laughs> 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 all right all right all right well whenever you hear the word discord which i'm sure might come up at least once or twice the current service <laughs> be sure to take a drink at home um the wonderful alex underscore is watching the chat so if I you am. have any questions yes you are so you're going to <laughs> them in our little chat it wasn't a question it was an affirmation I was it agreeing. is I am. Here I am having a knife to your throat. This is what you're doing. <laughs> um, okay, this just got hot real quick. Um, <laughs> only the kinkiest at the bar can. Oh, anyway, yeah. um, with that said, let's jump straight in. We've got some actual interview questions. Um, so for those of you who may not be into the music scene of NLP or have recently just joined and don't know about anything that happened in, say, 2011, or the following few years. Odyssey, who are you and what do you do? Uh, in short, I kind of accidentally started uh, just sort of the modern brony music scene. In 2011, 
uh, I did just a quick little remix of just a little Evil Enchantress skit in episode, I'm tempted to say, two. Yes. And um, and that was just for making up for, someone was looking for the vocals removed, and I thought I could, and I didn't. I was like, oh, you know, I'll just put this together, call it good. And um, it turned out that was the first fan music project related to the fandom at all. And then from there, just kind of exploded into whatever this is. There's just, it's just a mess everywhere. But um, from there, I've just done a, f- a few tracks that people might have heard of, and then a couple others that someone else did better. Um, oh. Yeah, just basically just, uh, yeah, I just make Eurobeat music. And in 2011, I decided to start making it about uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. And that's just kind of crazy because you didn't initially start doing MLP stuff. You had other things like, um, like uh, you have the Lucky Star BGM remix that you did. Oh God, are you guys dipping that far back into my YouTube? It's <laughs> <laughs> not even the oldest thing that I've done, but ah, I forgot that was even there. Oh gosh, yeah, no, I've I've been doing music long, 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 long before uh, before MLP FIM hit any kind of TVs. Um, in oh. fact, I was doing Toho uh, remixes for a good while, and in fact, I had a couple songs on the Super Eurobeat series before, actually just the one at the time, but uh, but I've done a couple songs for Super Eurobeat even before uh, Ponies came along. Right, and of course, you, Odyssey Eurobeat is not the only name that you've gone under for two either. Right, uh, Eurobeat has this weird case of multiple personality. You know, it's not a disorder, they've got it largely under control. Um, in this case, uh, for, for Super Eurobeat material, I went under the name Ken Blast, and mm-hmm. two of those three tracks uh, ended up in the arcade, an- arcade game and anime series uh, Initial D. Yes. Uh, and then uh, I've also gone under Odyssey, Mortimer DNA Team, uh, a couple different aliases, T. Stebbins, uh, just depending on what kind of project I'm working on, where it's going, and things like that. Um, Turns out that the guy that uh, was it the guy behind Dave Rogers, uh, Giancarlo Paschini, has had like 50 other aliases, and that's oh, yeah. not really much of an exaggeration. Like they they collect these things. Um, even the guy that did that uh, sang on Running in the 90s or Night of Fire, he's got aliases that date way way back into like mid 80s, like back when they were still doing just straight up Italo disco. Right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so some of the stuff that I've done, you know, Odyssey, Ken Blast, Yerby Brony, that kind of thing, um, by any other name. Although I'm certainly not the first in the scene to do that kind of thing, too. I remember uh, Lap Fox. Lapix, Lap Fox? No, Lap yeah. Fox. Lapix is different. Um, they've got a few aliases as well, from what I understand. Well, still, cool. Um, so then that begs the question. Obviously, you have a huge repertoire resume of music before you ever got into doing pony music or started doing pony music. What yeah. got you into the fandom, and what kind of spurred this um, chapter of your life? Oh, gosh. Um, good question, and it is story time. Uh, mm-hmm. As many of these stories begin, it starts with the loss of a family member. Uh, mm-hmm. Right in my first semester uh, living on campus over at San Jose State, go Spartans, I, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm having a rough time, but let's turn this around. Let's, you know, it was some Saturday. Let's, let's bunker down in the... Uh, in mess hall, basically, and just do, get this done. Immediately, once I start, I get a phone call that my grandfather passed away, basically oh. due to pretty severe malpractice. Um, um. 
for a case that we ended up losing and they only didn't counter sue because we were able to play the, oh, we were able to play our cards, right? Um, so I started turning towards cartoons and animation to cope. Uh, right. You know, I'm a pretty massive weeb, so there, you know, I of course have a pretty healthy dose of anime, everything, this or that, you know, moe stuff. Right. But I also started doing a lot in regards to Western animation. Like I really got into uh, Batman Piderman uh, on YouTube just very briefly. And uh, turns out they're Yerby fans too, which is pretty neat. But uh, just that and just other YouTube series and things like that. I very briefly like touched into the uh, like Scrooge McDuck, like comic world. There's this big old set of lore there, which is fascinating. But um, okay, yeah. And a lot of this involves, I mean, okay, this is, wait, this is the kind of crowd where I can talk about it. Okay, so. Yeah, no. I was already pretty familiar with uh, with slash co, slash a, slash j, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 to yeah. a lesser extent. Uh, and I noticed that they started posting, you know, don't mind me, don't mind us, we're just, you know, there was a picture of like a herd or a crowd or something from MLP. It's like, don't mind us, we're on our way to page, page 10. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And I started seeing uh, threads on ironically talking about the show. At the time, this was early enough to where I was like, eh, whatever, they're, they're doing their thing. But come January, that's about when I start seeing a little bit more about the show. And uh, someone's like, oh, hey, you know, can, can, you do the, can someone pull out vocals for me? Sure, I can do that. I've got the technology. I'm totally not really, really, really new to Logic Pro. Uh, tried, failed. I'm like, oh, man, could probably do better with that. So I made, uh, basically made Evil Enchantress to make up for that. I don't know if they cared, but... Um, you know, I finished it, posted it to uh, to the MLP General, and just called it good. A little bit later, I don't remember exactly when, but um, not long after that, winter wrap up leaked, and I remember I remember it very specifically. There's a picture of a very excited looking Superman, and uh, they post, "Is the Eurobeat Brony going to I'm going to remix this one?" And I was like, "Wait a minute, what? I have a name. They know what Eurobeat is. What?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and it it uh, from there it just kind of built up into this thing around about that time you know other musicians were starting to come in we had a not a clever pony chained algorithm uh, some of the really really early faces um, lap foxes uh, rainbow dash likes girls um, Pinkie Pie swear just a lot of the really early names like even names like uh, Philly Pooh and Boshfire um, sort of that first wave oh yeah and um, I don't know, it was just a, for a little while, it was just kind of a nice cutesy escape from whatever I was coping with at the time, but then uh, just sort of became this big thing that snowballed into meeting some of the folks that I'll very likely be friends with for, for the rest of my life, and uh, just going on all kinds of crazy adventures across the planet. Of course. Um, yeah. Usually the next question is when we kind of ask, so like, well, what type of the... What part of the fandom do you kind of stick to, you know, like to the music and, and fanfics, cons, stuff like that? Hmm. But I, we're going to deviate from that a little bit. And we're going to ask, like, since you were kind of there at, at the beginning hmm. of this musical movement for, for the fandom, how did you see the music community begin to build and form? Did it all just start with, hey, we should start a Skype chat? And all of a sudden, people just got invited, and then boom, there's Pinkie Pie Square. Boom, there's not a clever pony. Hey, we should open up like a Google Drive and start like messing with a song together and collab. Like, how did it all start? Like the the community aspect. Uh, it was a little more isolated than that. In this case, um, 
like I was doing my thing and then we started we all kind of just individually posted to you know the general thread on co right as that was updating and a few people started uploading to YouTube you know started going directly and I think I forget who it was that started actually compiling you know these songs uh, together at one point but before we knew it okay so uh, let me step back a little bit at the time music about MLP was more novel so it was easier to find not just new songs but the people who were making them right uh, so you know being able to collect all these was a lot easier you know it wasn't organized inherently but it was a lot easier to organize so as the scene grew like up until summer of 2011 it was kind of like oh you know we got a few people in here we're doing our thing uh the first hiatus when between season one and two when uh, summer hit and school's out and you know kids are popping in for the first time they started to get this sense of the kind of material that fans are making for the show and we started seeing a lot more of that once that boom hit that's where you get uh, folks by the way like alex s mike microphone and tombstone oh, yeah. jack left that kind of thing and uh when that started happening when it when the scene went from sort of a more pocket niche to this big thing like big size fandom material uh that's about when people started going hey let's call up hey let's get together let's do this thing and i don't remember exactly how it happened actually I think Not a Clever Pony was one of the folks behind uh, My Little Remix, which is, you know, still up and operating to this day. Right. But uh, some of the very, you know, founding faces and forces of, uh, of horse music, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, start really started getting together there. And then I think it was from that that we started seeing Skype calls and, oh gosh, the Skype days. The absolute mega calls of like 50 plus <laughs> people trying to speak over. Oh, yeah. What? We've been there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was, it was weird. I think organization came with when the fandom saw it fit to start organizing, which has its benefits and drawbacks. But um, that was sort of, it's it started organizing once it became necessary. Right. Um, you know, back when Sophisto stopped being a tricksy role player and said, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to do this site that's kind of like Derpy Hooves News. Uh, hope hope it's all cool." Oh yeah, go for it. I mean, whatever. Go to bed, Seth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a knock. It's it's Seth and I are cool. We're good. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Seth is cool. He's been on here before. We 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 get it. Um, so I, I I suppose here's here's an interesting question because I know um I've I've personally followed your work, especially when it comes to like some of your remixes of Zed and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and what I find really interesting about you is, and compared to a lot of kind of the old guard when it comes to musical artists, is that for a lot of them, it was kind of like a phase. They, they started with, they jumped in either from their previous musical background and then did Pony and then stopped or began to uh, create a new name for themselves and kind of disowned themselves from Pony for one reason or another. And a lot of them said that, well, it looks kind of bad on my resume. So my question to you is, given that, um, how different people have grown using Pony as a starting point for the platform of music or as an enhancement point, how has Pony music in itself um, enhanced or changed the way that you look at producing music? 
Oh gosh, I'll give you the short answer first. Um, well, no, okay, the, the short answer doesn't really apply. Let me. I need to chew on this for a sec. Um, <laughs> well, I will no, say. No, okay. I realize it's a really heavy question. Um, what I'll say is, uh, it gave me reason to start iterating in smaller doses. Like you know, instead of focusing on this big completed project first and foremost, I could take you know an instrumental snippet and just kind of toy with that and push that around and uh, just kind of have fun with that and then release it. It allowed me to create these little kind of micro projects uh, and or you know full size things out of a very small clip uh, instead of worrying about you know the usual Eurobeat structure intro intro riff first one pre-chorus chorus riff first just that kind of thing like it is down to that. That allowed me to kind of break that rule a little bit and kind of to connect um, you know kind of to connect with a larger fan base than I did at the time. Eurobeat is still niche by design and that that's a whole different rant for quite a few more uh, sips of beer in but uh but it allowed me not just to you know start sharing things with a wider audience but it also gave me a pretty strong source of material just to work with in general um if if i can address the the whole like oh it looks bad kind of thing for a second yeah oh no by all means so there's a double edge on that on the one hand, uh, quite a few people don't necessarily care. Um, you know, on from a more business standpoint, a lot of people have trouble with working with those who are based on an established franchise. You know, if someone tried to book Eurobeat Brony for an event, or you, you know, sign Eurobeat Brony to something that was releasing on something where Hasbro has competitors or something, there's a bit of an issue, uh, yeah. or you know, things like that. Or if they ever wanted to do something with a track that includes copyrighted characters named in there. It's why Discord and Luna on my YouTube channel are monet and are actually no, Luna's not monetized. Um, a couple of you know, I'm very careful about which whichever videos are and are not monetized. Or Hasbro claimed them anyway. It's like, all right, that's that's your property. That's perfectly fair. On the other hand, and this is this is a little bit sad, I have heard directly from people who are actually like directly in the industry, like signed to labels and doing stuff, there is a negative reputation. There is like, wow. It's, it's sort of like saying, say that someone built their music career around the Sonic fandom. You right. would be bringing with you the baggage of the Sonic fandom. Mm -hmm. And you know, good, bad, Sonic had some pretty great music, but also, you know, there's some things about it that make people uncomfortable. And music, this is not necessarily a death knell. I think uh, like the kinds of connections that some of these artists have made are pretty notable. They're fantastic. Like they're, th it hasn't gotten in their way of getting signed to majors or, you know, working with artists that are like, excuse me. Uh, but it, it's, it's interesting. It, I think it depends on the artist's uh, relationship with the show and what they want to do. I think, there is some tension between, you know, those who want to create whatever they want and feel like fans were kind of holding them to the fandom. There is, there have been attitudes that I don't observe in other fandoms where people feel like people who have contributed musically to the fandom should continue to contribute specifically to the fandom. Mm -hmm. But there's also, there's also a strange sense of like, a str wanting to just jump right away and like, oh, you know, can't, oh, we have someone new. Oh, yep, that's uh, Lamb. He's one of our, uh, one of our yeah, artists. But, but, but please continue. Uh, oh, gosh, I, I might have, 
I think I lost. Blah, blah, blah. Let me think. Right, flat, right, so <laughs> it doesn't get it doesn't necessarily get in the way. I think people will change their names around or reinvent themselves. They would do that anyway to some extent. Mm-hmm. But I think depending on the kind of genre they're getting into, the kind of people they're interacting with, um, you know, their level of pride in their past work or whatever they might have to do in order to you know take what they've worked on to the next level and be able to create what they want uh, introduces some variety. I generally. As for me, I can't really answer for anyone else. As for me, I'm unironically proud of, you know, works like Discord and Luna and um, even the Luna's Future remix, which got featured in, like, Car Throttle videos. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, like, I'm happy about that. But I can also understand folks that might get frustrated with some of the particular quirks of creating for this fandom. Uh, which, don't get me wrong, I'm extremely grateful for everyone that's been like, oh man, I love this stuff, I love that stuff. But I do notice that there are some unique things for creating for MLPFIM. I think there was a sense of um, manifest destiny that uh, I just don't notice in, say, you know, other fandoms that I've noticed. Like people that make Toho work, it's like, oh cool, you're doing something about Gravity Falls? Go nuts. Or, oh, you're, you're doing original work, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. It's, it's complicated. I think... Uh, the 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 sentiment that I tend to hear in uh, the horse pun is intended. It, it's almost as if at times bronies can look a gift horse in the mouth when it comes to creators <laughs> and what they're creating. Kind of, yeah. And I don't, I'm it, not trying to take your words out of context. Just oh no no no. Observed. No, that's that's perfectly fair. And I would say that it is. There's there's two sides to it. There are some people that that most definitely hopped on the brony bandwagon for the sake of building a repertoire, and they went, "See ya, suckers." And then there are people that have given, you know, spent years of their life making music exclusively for the fans. Like, hey, you know, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do a couple of original things. or I'm going to take some time to do something else. And they took some flack for it. Yeah. So it's not so simple as, you know, one side or the other. Um, it's part of why, you know, I never really formally said, okay, I'm going to stop making music for MLP now, or I'm leaving the fandom, or anything like that. Because, hey, you know, it's been a while since I've caught an episode, but I don't, that doesn't mean I don't want to watch it again. I hear season seven was actually really good. Oh yeah. Uh, and you know, shoot, I made Luna's future at a time when I didn't think that I'd be doing more. Uh, and I don't want to close that door on myself if I'm inspired by it. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like people build too much of a binary. Yes or no, you know, must be or cannot be into this kind of thing. Just make what you want, man. Just, do it, do it, do what you're gonna. Yeah, just make a random um, Undertale Papyrus beat song if you want. <laughs> we all we all go through phases. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, all right. Now we try to make sure we stay very non-controversial, very mm-hmm. non-political, and we totally lied to you. It's time to burn some friendships. Who's best pony? Good question. It depends on the perspective. In terms of cuteness, Fluttershy without question. Best on what standards, though? On, well, favorite, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, favorite. Okay. Favorite is a toss-up between Fluttershy and Applejack. And I know background pony, you know, no. doesn't really count. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. In terms of cute, Fluttershy usually. But in terms of actual, like, good characterization, someone that I actually, like, I guess a character that I enjoy watching, uh, Applejack is still, is still pretty high up there. Awesome. You can stay. We're, we're good. You didn't say rarity. <laughs> you pass. 
Uh, she's yeah, she's she's sort of lower tier. For me, it's a bit like picking a favorite Love Live girl. It's like you're still picking ice cream or like an ice cream flavor at uh, Baskin Robbins. They're all winners. They're all gonna be good. It's just a matter of picking out you know the best and the worst of them. It's like oh no, this one's a B plus or an A minus instead of an A plus 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 plus. Uh, that that is of course gr letter grades, of course. Right. Uh, of course. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's few of them are bad. Some of them are just better. Awesome. Well, uh, have I given you a wishy-washy bullshit enough answer yet? No. no. <laughs> fine. Honestly, fine. made a swears on the podcast. No, we <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, we we've been we've been nice. We got we we're twenty-five deep, and we've we've had some nice, serious, great intellectual discussion. Now it's time to just memeify you. And I think you only I said were... Discord once. Hey! I don't know how many discords that was. <laughs> I, ha I have a feeling a certain song's gonna come up a lot. Uh -huh. You mean my unreleased remix of Demetri Vegas and Like Mike's Let the Night? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the first question that we got is is out, uh, a set of questions from Alex on Discord himself. He was hanging out with us, um, but you don't usually, so this is a special exception. Um, <laughs> Number one, <laughs> are you, Odyssey, in fact, currently hallowing at the moon and are sleeping in the middle of a summer afternoon? For that last part to be true, I would have to be sleep talking to you right now, and that I'm just using up way too much mental power for that to be true. <laughs> so, yes, of course. And uh, the moon isn't currently out, so I can't howl at it at the moment. Uh, someone else on the other side of the planet might have to take care of that for me. I cannot imagine how much you get shit like this. <laughs> it's died down. Um, I remember when I used to get requests for Luna Nix mode a bit more often than Hey Odyssey! Uh, 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 <laughs> 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 oh my god. All right. Well, then number two is uh, what is your funniest anecdote? Uh, what's the story that you tell people at a bar to go laugh? You know, maybe. Uh, something really memorable at a con that was just really crazy. Um, entertain good, us. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, see, the problem is, once you get rid of the Eurobeat stuff, I'm just painfully boring. Um, oh, no. Let's see. Well, there is one story that I tend to tell when I'm around general crowds of people. Just an insight into the absolute skullduggery that is my inability to parse what people think or say. Ooh. Uh, Join me, if you will, back in time to New Year's Eve, no, New Year's Day, some, I'd like to say about a decade ago at this point. You know, still out of high school, still doing some college stuff, but hey, I'm back in town, and hey, some people from high school are still around. I had done, I think it was after at least one of my Super Eurobeat tracks had released, and you know, hey, we're starting, we're starting to walk back to our cars and whatnot. My sister was the only one that could drive at the time. Uh, and we bump into some folks that my brother and I went to high school with. And she starts talking to me. And she's like, ah! And she's drunk off a rump, just absolutely gone. It's like, what have you been doing? I'm like, oh, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've been doing some music stuff and uh, actually have a song that's out in Japan. Like, that's so inspiring. She, she now has a hand, you know, sort of reaching towards behind my head. Keep, you keep doing that. Okay, yeah, for sure. I, I plan to. No, you don't understand. She is now intensifying her, gra her grasp a little bit and is facing me. You, 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 you got to keep doing that. 
Okay, yeah, I plan to. No. <laughs> she now has a death grip on the back of my skull. Oh, shit. You are, that is so inspiring. Keep doing that. Oh, my God. Time freezes. <laughs> I'm going to take stock of this situation. I'm pretty dense. A few years prior, I had a girl put an arm, put her arm around my shoulder, like, rest, like, we were, rap, I'm getting tongue-tied, like, relaxing together at some point in some sort of group hangout, and I just like, oh, she must be tired. So for me to put this much thought into it means something. So I go, okay. She is clutching the back of my skull tight enough to where I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little mark in the back of my head. She is staring so deeply into my eyes that I, I feel like I'm getting laser surgery just looking at her. <laughs> and she has now pulled herself very close. Oh, okay. Is this happening? This is happening. And uh, she goes in for the kiss. And I couldn't really see anything so much as fireworks and the taste of tequila. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, really, right. that's really why I don't much care for tequila. <laughs> and she lets go, and I'm still just like I I'm a, I was apparently like half completely limp, just kind of like <laughs> like I sounded a bit like when I was stammering earlier, except the whole time she's like just keep doing it, okay? <laughs> and that was a story of how my first kiss was with a drunk girl on New Year's. Amazing. <laughs> oh wow. Woo. Yeah. But uh, that's 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 one anecdote. I have funnier ones, but I just can't remember them right now. No, it, no, dude, we're cut at the same cloth. Like I, I started dating my uh, my current girlfriend. Uh, she kissed me at a party, and I had no idea. She was like, "Oh, well, I guess she kisses her friends." <laughs> oh, so, like so, are we talking on the cheek or like on no, the lips? On the lips. But <laughs> like, close your eyes, bruh. Yeah, no, it was bad. Bruh. So don't feel bad. Uh, I, I don't anymore. I give you a great memory. It's all good. No, I don't have a place to talk. Uh, number three. Uh, if your music were edible, how do you think it would taste? Uh, okay. I have to be careful with this one because I would usually go to, oh, you know, really sugary. But then I think about stuff like uh, Happy Hardcore you know, J-Core or J-Pop, and it's like, yeah, it's not that, like, toothache-inducingly sweet, but it's definitely caffeinated. Uh, there aren't a lot of caffeinated foods. Um, I feel like, oh, you know what it would be? It would huh. be the, uh, the Cherry Blossom Red Bulls that I had over in Japan. Oh, that sounds awesome! They oh. are! They, there's just enough flavor for it to be really good. It's still perfectly good Red Bull. They're cheap, they're durable, they're pink. And like that, I think that fits it pretty perfectly. In fact, I think I remember like throwing one of my own tracks on into my headphones while I was uh, drinking one of those. I had a little bit of time to myself and I played that and I'm like, everything fits. I, can, <laughs> I know I've done it right when I'm drinking a cherry blossom Red Bull, listening to my stuff and it all fits into Japan. This is, this is where I belong. <laughs> so do you actually listen to your own music um, often or is it something where like you kind of go back and you listen to your old stuff like, oh God, I've grown so much. Okay, um, I have to answer this carefully so as to get the context across. Otherwise, it sounds like, oh, wow, way to be full of yourself, dude. <laughs> you know, oh, you know what's the face in it better anyway, right? Uh, in my oh, case, God. I write stuff that I like. Part of why I make Eurobeat is because I like Eurobeat and, you know, like how it sounds. And I try to write stuff that I would want to listen to often enough. Mm -hmm. um, so I will, on occasion, listen to, you know, something that I'm working on or something I just recently finished. Uh, just to be like, 
yeah, you know, I'm proud of this one. Or, ah, you know what, maybe the next time I do a track like this, I'll change this and this. I'll usually try to mix it in with, uh, you know, other tracks in the style, just be like, okay, you know, they're mixing it differently here, this. Usually it's constructive. When I listen to my own work, it's usually, you know, with a specific context. Sometimes it's because like, oh man, you know, I'm really proud of my remix of In the Middle. I dig it. I'll listen to that just because I like it. Just because The Middle is a good song and I don't think I destroyed it too badly. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, things like that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not listening to it. I dare to deign only what my masterful fingers have crafted. Kind of thing. <laughs> Well, no, I I totally understand that, and like, you've done a lot of cool stuff uh, with with remixing Zed before too, especially like um, I believe your uh, contest submission for Spectrum. Oh yeah, yeah, that no, one. I I love. I downloaded that the day you you sent it out. A wonderful remix, just really good. Um, Glad you think so, man. But uh, what I want to interject is because you brought this up a few times in in passing. And I, I know someone's going to probably ask it in the thread. We'll just ask the question and we can move along from it. Okay. Um, clearly, you made a popular song. Mm. And I know what question this is. <laughs> someone made a remix of it. Mm -hmm. And it got a few more views. How I'm drinking beer fun? at the moment, so I'll just take the preemptive hit and say we're talking about Discord, right? Oh, yeah. Drink. I was going to say, say the name. Say the name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what was the question? <laughs> so what is your thought process behind this? Like, obviously, I, I could, for me being a creator, I would, that'd be something that I would take really hard. I, what we're, mm -hmm. what I'm interested in is what was your kind of process as it was happening? And now, even now, how have you, how do you handle the situation? Okay. Because it's um, a very unique position to be in. Before I say anything, I want to make, I want to make one thing particularly clear. Yeah. Uh, Yoav is an incredibly good person and has been a, an absolutely stellar sport about this whole thing. Um, like a lot of, like, I discussed this a little bit just partially as a joke on my stream a few days ago. And someone was like, oh, yeah, man, screw Tombstone. I'm like, dude, no, no, no. Cut that, cut that out. Like, right. he, he's good at what he does. He's masterful at producing very quickly, too, might I add. Just, I envy that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we spent time together. We've hung out. He's a, He's an absolutely fantastic person, as down to earth as, as you could want someone with any kind of level of fame to have. Right. Um, Yoav is legit. Like, but let me be first and foremost with that. Um, there will always be frustrations inherent to, okay, Tombstone getting more views on his remix than my original. As a social media marketer by trade, uh, I don't apply a lot of what I do to my own stuff for various reasons, uh, reasons. but, um, but it, it, it factors in, like it, it counts, and I understand how it happened. Uh, my frustration has very seldom been with the fact that it got to that point, so much as the general reaction around it. People were very quick to credit Tombstone for the song, and even at the very first, like the first time that BronyCon stopped being a biannual convention, Tombstone would be the first to, I did not make the, I did not make the original. I made the remix. Jeremy Bronley made the original. I have his permission for, for that accent. Right. Um, <laughs> and he, like, that's the first thing he'll tell you, but people just don't read. They don't care. So for the longest time, I would have people commenting on my video. It's like, yeah, Tombstone did it better. Tombstone did a better job with this. You need to speed this up. This is too slow. 
my song is 158 beats per minute. Tombstones is 105. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing for me was the things that I was getting knocked for by, by fans at the time were things that I couldn't help. The song was already out. And so was Toom's remix. And you know what? Power Toom for what he did. And by the way, like Toom also was like, hey, you know, the, the song made a little bit of money. I want to pay you, you know, what it's worth. Can, let, me, let me take care of that, okay? And that worked. That worked out. Like, okay, last much I thought. But people are very quick to say, oh, you know, just, wow, I just completely lost my train of thought. Where was I? <laughs> people, people are very quick to not only give him full credit for the song, but to beat you down for not doing right. what he did. Which, and it's like... The other thing to keep in mind is the two songs are also very different genres. Like, very much so. Like, Tombstone's almost is kind of written like a banger, where yours is more a classical year. Right. And... Uh, hindsight, hindsight bias is a real bitch, ain't it? And the trick... And part of the trick with this is... Um, I'm just trying to put some of the words together. It's like the, the kind of feedback that I got, it doesn't help Tombstone. His song is already out. It doesn't help me. It, I can't go back and make, you know, I'm not going to make a song that's not in the genre that I specialize in unless I want to. Right. And Discord, you know, the whole point of the song Discord, the way that I wrote it, was to make an interesting Eurobeat track centered around the villain. Uh, in fact, it was supposed to be the sort of follow-up to Luna, which itself was a pretty interesting journey. It's like, well, I'm not going to change what my interpretation of the Discord song is. Take a drink. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've said it a few times now, haven't I? Yeah. Um, no, I'll start calling it out. I'll down it. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I couldn't really change it. So for the longest time, people were almost adamant about stripping me of credit even when the person they were trying to apply it to was like, stop, put it over there. I put it in the title. I put it in the annotations. I put it in the description. No one cares. Um, and that, it, I guess the only thing for me looking back on it is I don't think I would have done much differently. Right. Um, I mean, Tomb has grown a lot as an artist since then, really built himself out in an interesting way. And I look back and I think, you know what, if I wanted that level of success, or if I wanted to do things in a way, you know, like Tombstone, then I would need to do things. And I would need to do things like that and start promoting and going out and doing the legwork. Mm -hmm. So there are frustrations and sad things about it. And, you know, I'll joke about having peaked in 2012 or my career is built on someone else doing it better, but I don't necessarily actually think those things. Right. I, think, I think I'm actually in pretty good artistic shape at the moment. And uh, you know, barring some uh, lack of stability just in terms of lifestyle lately, um, you know, there's some really cool stuff that's coming up on the horizon. Um, it's bittersweet, I guess, all that right. to say. Yeah. See, now, this is the type of shit that I love because now people can relate and they understand that what you went through was a really kind of, it, it wasn't anything that Toon did. It wasn't <laughs> anything that you did. It was almost just sort of this hand vocal minority promoting a toxic idea yeah and it, it fell victim in a way that it wasn't providing anyone constructive criticism but it wasn't an on-purpose attack and it humanizes you and people are able to relate to you and now we'll just post more memes at you because you're one of us <laughs> this is awesome 
So you had me right up until that last part. I was like, why? Well, <laughs> Please meme about so many other things. I have, I have other, like, I have, people have been starting to meme with other songs that I'm in. I'm like, you know what, I'll roll with that. I can, I can deal with that. Um, I don't dislike Discord memes. Take another drink. Drink, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm out of my beer. I might, uh, I might grab something once I'm finished with this string of sentences. Um, what was I? Maybe I need to just grab of your other stuff. Right. And I don't mind memes about that song. Uh, I guess it's in the same way that actually the artist behind the song, Gas, 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 Manuel, is actually pretty tired of Gas, Gas, Gas memes. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. He even joked, uh, wait, I can actually see swears on this. Uh, yeah. not before, but like, he, he wanted to write a song, and I'm citing his word here. He's like, if, if this keeps up, I'm just going to write a song that's called Fuck, 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 because I don't <laughs> want to deal with this anymore. Granted, I'm right. I'm saying what he wrote. I'm not necessarily just adding right. profanity there for the sake of profanity. Of course. I'm looking at the, ch at the chat. Shot, 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 shot. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. But uh, let me take a let me take a step away real quick and uh, grab at least another beer, if not something else. Sure. Do what you need to do. We'll quickly promote some other stuff. All right. One sec. Right. So thank you everyone for watching this in-depth interview with Odyssey Eurobeat. We're going a little slow on the questions, but I think we've had some really awesome conversations. We really, really have, I have to say. This is probably some of the best conversation in general conversation we've had in quite a while. Not to say that the others haven't provided excellent conversation, but this is just oh, yeah. light and depth. So we've got all sorts of questions still out here in FinFiction we're going to go through, and it's still going to be intense. So get ready for some memes. But until then, uh, be sure to mosey on over to our Discord and join us so that way you can interact okay. with the scene. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it sounded like some things on. happened over there. Okay, so I don't have any more beer, but I remembered a drink that actually ties into this really well. So long story short, one of the, I'm going to say BronyCon 2014, Mike the Microphone introduced me to a special kind of shot that I would like to share with you all here. Oh my god. Oh boy. Some of you might know it. Okay, so what you do is you take equal parts fireball and rum chata yes! into a shot. It's called Cinnamon Toast Drunk. Yes! It does not taste like alcohol, and it will absolutely blitz you. It's amazing. It really is. And I usually don't like alcohol-flavored alcohol, if that makes any sense, and it's just so good. I you can... know, those Cinnamon Toast Crunch commercials would be a lot different with that in them, let me tell you. The captain would very likely crash the ship a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> the crash. That's Leonard. He's the town drunk. He sees everything. But can you see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Drunk? It has got the government in it! That's oh. through Lucky Charms! <laughs> Someone needs to make this commercial. It has to happen. It, okay. it, needs, it really does. I would, I would fund that. Alright. Uh, next question we got is, are you having a spooky Friday the 13th? Well, um, kind of. I mean, I had a job interview before this interview, and uh, the folk, folks that I was supposed to speak to were no-shows. Oh, so, I mean, it could be that they mysteriously vanished. <laughs> but uh, I prefer not to think that. I think, you know, things happen and miscommunication occurs from time to time. Yeah, a bummer, but uh, we'll see. You know, hopefully it's not the end of any opportunities. Everyone go on Twitter and tweet hashtag um, fingers crossed for Odyssey and then tweet at him and we'll get it trending. 
Nah, <laughs> uh, you really don't have to. Doing it right <laughs> now. <laughs> All right. Uh, RK Striker JK5 now has questions. Number okay. one, uh, what is your favorite non-MLP franchise? Good question. Uh, I feel like the answer that I'm required to give is <clears throat> it's a tie between Initial D and Toho. Um, <laughs> in reality, I haven't really been focused on a lot of franchises lately. Like, there aren't a lot of things on, like, yeah, franchise. <laughs> Just lately, there, you know, I'll dip my toe in a couple things here and there. A friend started introducing me to Ruby lately, R D Y. Ruby is really nice. I see you're a man of culture as well. Indeed. Uh, what's the, uh, it's been a while since I've seen the episodes. What's the name of the, uh, I think lately I've discovered I just really like redheads. What's the name of the redhead in Ruby? Pira. Pira. Pira's so good. She is. Wait, where are you? Where are you in the series right now? Uh, I'm tempted to say a good bit of the way into season two. Okay. Things get a little dusty. Don't worry. Dusty as in I don't feel so good? <laughs> I thought oh. it in my head, and you said it. <laughs> That's actually really fucking funny. <laughs> you took me by surprise on that one. <laughs> I haven't even seen that movie. You just have your head in your hands right now, like, oh, God, I got memed on. Me. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, I guess it's still, uh, you know what? I've been getting a little bit into into League of Legends lore. Like again, going with the redhead misfortune, but also just like kind of dipping into just more of the character stuff behind that. Like I'm still absolute trash at the game, but uh, you know, just looking into just the world stuff behind that is pretty neat. I guess I don't know if I'd call it a favorite, but definitely one that I'm dipping a toe into lately. Cool. Yeah. Well, the next question is: Have you ever used your music? a sound-based weaponry to battle the forces of evil. I once played it while a roommate was attempting to have sex. <laughs> oh my god. What songs did you try to play? I don't remember, but uh, what? Were they relevant? No, it was just Yurbeat. Okay. I mean, it, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, Yurbeat songs are often about sex, but, true. Um, true. but it didn't matter. I mean, it's, the, it's Oompa, and I just really wanted to... Uh, Basically, to prank on uh, my buddy at the time. Like, all the best intentions. He was a cool roommate, cool guy all together. But it was like, hey, bud, it's late. I need to sleep. <laughs> it's late for me, not late for you. Get just, If you don't, I'm going to stay up and do my thing. And he, you know, I didn't actually say any of that. But uh, they were going at it for a while. So I was just kind of like, okay. And they stopped. I can see in my head... Just this vision of of your roommate and his partner. The partner looks at, at your at your roommate friend and goes, Man, honey, do you think our sex life is getting stale? And then all <laughs> your other roommate goes, Deja vu! Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, just fucking deja vu in the distance. Fucking Well, there's a playlist that I could be playing that I could put together if I ever do get roommates again, which fat chance. Uh, but I could put, I could definitely put together a few fascinating songs of my own and of others that, uh, could make that interesting. See, the yeah. problem, though, is if they're fans of it, or if they're too inspired by the lyrics, that could just end up being a double, just backfiring awfully. Yeah, an aphrodisiac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, but... Texting intensifies. Right, but what, yeah, but what could happen is he could start going, like, the speed of a fucking jackhammer, and that may not end up very well. 
literally that kind of jackhammer too. Exactly, especially if you listen to the right Eurobeat song. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's a few that uh, okay. I would not I would not do to Eurobeat, but I could see a few songs that are that where it's possible. You really got to go for the slower ones, like the 140s, 145 beats per minute. Mm-hmm. Once you get past 150, you, you, like the only thing that could really get close to that is like a hand job. <laughs> like no, uh, honestly, I mean, getting a hand job to deja vu would be pretty magical. Just, just <laughs> I wouldn't like, want it. To, I wouldn't want it to deja vu. I don't want. I don't want Dave Rogers crooning to me doing that. No. You, wait, like, you don't. No, because there's an artist named Timmy whose voice is way cuter, and I'd rather hear that. He can stroke me to the beat of the rising sun. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. We can move on. I'm taking a shot just for that. Lamb, I'm, I'm putting the cone on your head. Okay? <laughs> All right. Shakespeare please now has questions. Um, we're going to go to number two of his. Mm-hmm. Outside of the music, what are some other parts of the Brony fandom that you enjoy? Good question. Um, and it's kind of a cheap answer on my end, though I will say that I've had some run-ins across the board. Um, I've generally had pretty good experiences with the uh, with the games side, like folks that will mod games or make games. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those who have forgotten, uh, a lot of my work was chosen for the early Luna game, uh, sort of horror, jump scare kind of games. Oh, yes. And, um, you know... While that's not necessarily my reason for it, I just kind of like, oh, wow, they can really create some cool stuff out of that. Or, you know, I was never really super big on fan fiction, though some of the early stuff was interesting. And I vaguely remember one where uh, there was like a griffin running a restaurant and Pinky was one of the employees and she was kind of struggling, but someone was actually like being a dick to her. And he's like, ah, you know, uh, you, you got guts, kid. You got gumption. Maybe, maybe this isn't the place for you. Not that you're bad at it, just not for you. And I found it really weirdly compelling, even though I don't like pursue fan fiction really. Just there, there were a couple of things in particular that uh, that stood out to me. But yeah, uh, the game community and some of the very earliest fan fiction stuff. I also knew a handful of the artists. Like uh, for a little while, I was in better conversation with uh, Raikasu, who drew the uh, the the blobs, the chubbies. Mm-hmm. Um, We've kind of lost contact, but I have no, not for any amount of ill will. It's just kind of, we just went different ways and started doing our own thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and it happens. Like, yeah. I, I think I've been doing fan fiction and varied related things in, in this fandom for just a little over five years, almost, mm. I think. Should I be and, saying that I don't really interact with fan fiction over on something that's largely getting questions from filmfiction.net? I just realized the issue actually, with that. Actually, no. It's, it's, it's actually totally fine. It um, is. We actually. have people that have never read a fan fiction before. We just use this because it has a forum. Yeah, we get, okay, a, fair we, enough. Yeah, we get a bunch of people who don't write fan fiction, don't read fan fiction, or previously wrote fan fiction are just staying around to hang with people, too. So. Yeah, sure. That's fair. I just didn't want to pull a uh, Joey Tribbiani and, like, right when he's getting interviewed for, uh, for Soap, Soap Opera magazine, he's like, do, do you watch Soap Operas? No, no, I got a life. <laughs> like, I don't want to put something like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no, actually no, what we do. So, what do you write fan fiction? Fuck no, I got a life. No, I wrote I one. I wrote like a short fic way, oh, way back in like season three about like, I think it was something to do with like Spike being burned out. And, you know, there's some communication like Twilight finally said thanks or something. And he's like, ah, oh, you know what? It's good. Just like, it, it's all good. It was really, it was really bad. Uh, 
I should not be permitted around fan fiction or indeed uh, text for any kind of third-party franchise writing in a creative stance. But um, I'm not averse to it. It's just not really a field that uh, it's not really a field that I'm immersed in. Oh yeah, no, totally, bl- totally do not blame you. Um, no. Number three from Shakespeare Ecclesiastes is a bit off the wall. Uh, is your song, Discord, you know, yeah. is it actually sung from the point of view of Luna and Discord is trying to pull out her tampon? She, I don't understand either. Drink. I read this question beforehand. I am reading it now. <laughs> I just don't know how to answer it. <laughs> You see, right up until that last part, it's like, you know, no, actually, it's, and then it, and then there's that last part, it's like, mm. oh, so you yes. know, people can read into things, whatever they want, just because that I wrote things with certain viewpoint. Please, that's what he meant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Someone uh, else is pulling up. Fuck you. But that's just a theory. <laughs> a song theory. Thanks for watching. Immediately demonetized. In a world. <laughs> one man, one horse. No, wait, no, no. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. One man, one, one, man, one horse. One tampon. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Why? You can now find this wonderful content over on BoderCastPodcast.com. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Okay, Discord was actually supposed to be from the perspective of a citizen of Ponyville during those shenanigans when he took over. Yeah. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I really wouldn't read too much further into it. I mean, the most that I could say is, like, maybe they, you know, the folks that were affected are like, hey, we're gonna fight back, so the, the, those six that keep doing the same thing over and over don't have to do it. But when but you reference the moonlight... When you reference the moonlight, did it reflect your current state of mind? Oh my gosh. The I don't have any moonshine, but I could. In I don't have we, any moonshine, but I could. <laughs> in which we do a deep psychological analysis of discipline. Why were the walls blue? What did that symbolize? <laughs> <laughs> Why are the, uh, what? Is that actually in one of my songs? No, I'm just, no, 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 I'm just no, being no, facetious. No. It, See, the it, problem is you can't do that. I have too many songs, so I have to think about, like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> calculating it. Shit, what the fuck is that? Oh, what the fuck? When did I write about that? People have reminded me of songs that I've done. I have a super fan named uh, Pal. Yeah. Who said, oh, I really love your song, Spinning in Circles. I'm like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? So, <laughs> way, 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 way back, there was a fundraiser for an artist named Pounce. Uh, and you know, people were trying to raise money for medical bills, and I contributed a song called Spinning in Circles. And I forgot about it. I think I played it at, like, one or two shows, and that was it. I think, like, the first TrotCon I played it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now she comes up with, like, hey, I really like the song. Like, what are you talking? <gasps> oh, that is a deep cut. Like, we're talking deeper than I remember. <laughs> and, I don't know, it was, it was, a, it was a neat song. I could have stood to have learned to have mixed better back then but it was like oh that's neat if you forgot about it suppose someone played it like on a speaker would you immediately recognize it probably not immediately how do i say i'd be able to recognize that it was mine but i would not be able to recognize okay i wouldn't be able to recognize that which song it was until the riff okay so you wouldn't pull a steven tyler who forgot like 10 years of his life because he did so much fucking cocaine 
that when he heard a song on the radio, he tells the rest of Aerosmith, like, oh, fuck, this is amazing. We need to do a cover of this. And Rick Perry, fucking Rick looks at him, he's like, that's us, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's why I used to stick to caffeine. Like, I can, barely, I can barely deal with any kind of illicit substance. Like, caffeine's more than enough for me. Uh, like, I live in California, you'd think that I'd be doing a lot more weed. Uh, not so much. Like, I tried CBD earlier this year, but, like, even that's just, like, that. that's, that's a limit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and yeah. drugs aren't for everyone. Do Don't do drugs, drugs. and responsibly. Yes, and, and if you are ever at a festival, test your drugs. Talk to the talk to the people at the med tent if you have something going wrong. I don't do drugs at festivals or anything like that. I actually prefer them mostly sober. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I can't. No, uh, no forgetfulness from cocaine from me, at least not for a while. Yes. Speaking of drinking and, and Discord, are hey. we your prey the, <laughs> next drink, the next question is, are we your prey alone, or are we just a stepping stone for taking back the throne? You know, I have an answer for this in just as much of a non sequitur. There's an artist named Psychosis who made a version of my song that I think really elevates the, uh, the intended expression to full-fledged, like, museum-ready art. Oh, wow. Um, and it's called I'm Not a Fan of Puppeteers. And I need to pull it up so I can show you what I mean. Ooh. It's, uh, let's see. See, what's 91? That's the one. I think it's on SoundCloud. So when you hear this, it may be hard to understand, but listen to it all the way through. And I really feel like. It'll, it'll reach you where it matters. Yes, here we go, here we go. The, it already has 73,238 uh, plays. Wow. Uh, go ahead and post it in the uh, chat here. here and in, go ahead uh, and post it there. Go ahead and uh, play quick for uh, a, a section of it for the, um, for the Twitch chat. For, wait, me or who? Or, or no, uh, Milk, who's streaming right now. Yeah. Play a little bit of it. I feel like Psychosis really took the essence of what I was gunning for and made it perfect. Like, this is the song that I think I had in my heart, even if it wasn't in my head at the time. Wow. Okay. This is, in this is intense. It's really good job. Right? Just really distills the experience in a way that, um, that I think really speaks more to the soul. I, I opened a set with this and it was so good. <laughs> this, this is genius. It is absolute genius. And it reflects, it reflects psychosis perfectly. I just feel like I want to break. Like this is, I, I want to go to bed at night sleeping to this, staring at the ceiling. And realizing that we've dumped five plus years of our lives into ponies, and just this—it's—it's it's all come—it's all come to a head with that. Uh, you want to know the real kicker? What? This artist now works at Sega. Oh my god! Yep. Amazing. I am—I could not be prouder of him. And honestly, like he—he's easily earned it. Damn, like, life just gotta go fast. That exactly. Me... Rolling around at the speed of sound. 
He gives me yeah, he's got places to go, fashion. like Sega. He's got to follow that. Exactly. Principle. Yeah. All right. We're going to go to Hawthorne Bunny. All right. Who asks, if you could get any of your music played by a real orchestra, which would you choose and why? Luna and <clears throat> a certain song that shares a name with the current chat service on which we are speaking. Oh, Discord? Sky. Drink. Skype. <laughs> no, we wouldn't have a conversation for this one if it was Skype. I forget where we are. Is it TeamSpeak? What are you, what are you talking about? Ventrilo. Yeah, Ventrilo. Ventrilo? That, that's going to be the next banging Odyssey song. Ventrilo. Yeah. Covered by Zed. Sorry. I would not mind. If, any, if anything I did got covered by Zed, I'd be pleased as punch. All right, all right. Um... Let's see. Number two, is there a food that you like that other people usually don't like? Um, not particularly. My taste buds are pretty bland in comparison. I tend to like a lot of stuff that other people like. Um, I'm trying to think of one. Oh, um, okay. So spinach and broccoli get a bad rap, but that's usually because they're prepared poorly. Right. Like, if you've ever taken, like, baby spinach leaves and just thrown them on a heated pan and then taken that and just eaten the result after you've kind of softened it a bit, it tastes buttery and savory and just incredible. It, it's really good. And broccoli, when prepared not too squishy or not too crunchy, is actually really good. It's like, good right in the middle. What? With gravy. It, uh, it soaks up all the, the juice. I've never tried it with gravy. I should. But Little top tip. <laughs> yeah. Life hacks. <laughs> <laughs> Broccoli life hacks. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I guess those would be my uh, candidates for that. Sweet. Um, what do you think of them fighting hurts? I'm proud of it. I remember when it was uh, fighting as magic, and I'm proud of the way they were able to overcome the cease and desist. Well, I understand Hasbro needing to defend its property in that sense, and, you know, the representation of, oh, I just saw Fluttershy beat the crap out of Twilight Sparkle, mommy. Uh, <laughs> I can also, I'm also really proud of the fact that they were able to get Lauren on board and create not just kind of, not just a generally good fighting game from what I understand, but also just a good game in general. Like, some of the things they've been able to swing and some of the reception that it's had is really good. Like, yeah. I understand it hasn't taken off, like, to go full-on viral, but people are like, ah, oh, you know, it was a good game! You wouldn't remember. It was a good game! Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God someone got that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm proud of it. Um, if I remember right, uh, Rainbow Crash 88 was still able to contribute to the soundtrack, and that's... Yes. That's, yes. That's very, especially RC88? after all the things... Yes, especially after everything that he did for the Fighting is Magic original soundtrack. Yeah, and honestly, that's fantastic. Like... Power to him. Um, the next question, speaking of video game soundtracks, what is your personal favorite video game soundtrack? Oh, boy. It depends on the mood. Um, <clears throat> Toho I games. feel like, honestly, <laughs> not too far off. Okay. Cause to it's a hard one because there's so many good ones. The Toho series has really good soundtracks. Initial D, obviously. Um, DDR? Like, honestly, that counts. I've been getting back into that, like, uh, while well, I'm between jobs, I'm, you know, starting every day with 
couple of rounds of Step Mania. <clears throat> I'm sorry, legit copy of DDR. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's, it's really kind of fun just to listen back to what was big in the 90s, early thousands. And, like, there was some fun stuff in there. It depends on, oh, and uh, if we're counting non-dancey dance kinds of games, uh, Golden Sun had really fantastic oh, music. yeah. Like, JRPGs and soundtrack, you can't have a JRPG and have a crappy soundtrack. That just doesn't happen. It's true. Uh, and Golden Sun, stellar game, stellar soundtrack. I never got to play the third one. I'm kicking myself for that. There's always time, my friend. Yeah, that would mean getting a 3DS, and I could just get a Switch, and if I got another console, I already sp waste too much time as it is. I would never write another lick of music again. I would just play Mario Odyssey all the time. You know, on the other, on the other hand, well, I mean, then you could become a Mario Odyssey YouTube channel. Like, I mean, I guess it kind of works out. What's up, everybody? This is Odyssey playing Mario Odyssey again. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell, subscribe <laughs> on our Patreon, subscribe on our Patreon, subscribe on our Patreon. Oh, <laughs> I just could have done God damn it. Oh, my God. Actually, um, wait, wait, wait. Let me see if I can. There's one thing that might just contribute to this. Do I still have it installed? Yes! Okay, so it's like. Can we create that jump? I believe we can. Oh, we just did. <laughs> yes! Yes. Pencil's going to be so mad when she listens to this. Oh, yes! God. <laughs> God, I love MLG edits. They're terrible, and I love them for that. We need a soundboard, guys. Yes. Oh. I, I, think we've, I think we know on several occasions why we shouldn't have a bar chest soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be clicking the fucking... The fucking loudest, loudest orgasm. Yeah. He's been teasing it for like two years. I want this now. All you mean All is right. like to take the last five seconds and just like bass boost it, just like. Oh, oh like <laughs> destroy, like destroys the uh, the speakers. <laughs> exactly. So the next poster submitted this as a question, which I'm sure you've probably seen before. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna flip this around a little bit, and I'm gonna ask, what makes playing a Pony convention different from a different type of PDM show that you may play? Not gonna lie, I haven't played a lot of different shows. Pony cons are sort of my bread and butter. Uh, oh. I did play Yomacon uh, a few years back. I'm tempted to say about three years ago. Uh, and how do I say? With Pony cons, especially in my case, though I do try to design them to, uh, you know, do something new every time, there are expectations. And, you know, good expectations, bad expectations, that's, that's, you know, that's for another day or for maybe a few more shots. Uh, but generally, they want, they want your hits, <clears throat> they want pony music, and they want something they can dance to. With Yomacon, I did end with Discord, but not because I felt like people were expecting it, but because I think it's a good song. I, also I think that was also the only pony song I played. I also played uh, Luca Luca Night Fever in memory of Sam Free, who passed away that year. Uh, I played other Eurobeat songs. I think I drop some like dubstep just because like oh hey i can actually put these two songs together and that sounded good and i'm like oh man all right the crowd's really going how much time do i have left three minutes okay let's end with discord um and it <laughs> went over well people didn't expect me to grab the mic and start singing but people were like wow it, that actually worked out pretty cool um i gotta thank my buddy bosh fire for getting me that gig by the way like he uh he helped me secure that um but with pony cons <clears throat> the 
you know, it's not just expectations. There's also a sense, a lot of other conventions, I think, the artists that are getting booked, now I feel like this might be a different thing. Pony music versus the kind of music that gets played at concerts. Like at other cons, it's a dance, it's a rave. But with general conventions, they feel like they've had to extend an olive branch to acoustic acts, who I do, who I do believe seriously get shafted a lot at mm -hmm. these things. Oh yeah. Um, but I also feel like if you're not playing something very fast and energetic, you know, like dubstep, Eurobeat, metal, you know, rock in general, even like, like even the slower BPM acts have to have some kind of energy because that's what people have come to expect from PonyCon shows, which is a shame because the kinds of artists we could have had if early on we could have established that, you know, maybe there's some acts for sitting down and for listening and taking it in. Classical acts, people that are doing more stuff that's more like film scores. Philly Poo uh, didn't originally make EDM, but he branched into that uh, at around about the right time for one year's BronyCon. Uh, and, you know, he played piano for some of his set and then he played EDM for some of his set. And because the concert was generally expected to be oriented around danceable stuff. His, the EDM parts went really well, which is a shame because I feel like people didn't respect his piano playing very well or as oh, much as they could have. Or, you know, we could have more artists providing something fascinating, maybe even like a room for people to sit down and relax at cons in. It wouldn't have to be like a, a concert or if it was, then we could just have this entirely different perspective not to say that you know all oh, concerts nowadays are bad but that's one thing that i feel like the way the fandom and concerts developed could have you know could have developed uh, better but uh other cons versus pony cons i feel like there is there's specific expectations for the kinds of content and the energy level of content right. um, put it another way i would not be as severely lynched for not playing luna and discord at any other convention right. versus a brony con yeah, I know. I, I know. Sorry. I don't want to get Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. I'm sorry. No, I, I think that's, now. It's, it's really true because, um, like, one of the things that I observed when I went to, I think it was a con that Ponyville Live pretty much put on. And yeah. They had this um, big event. I think the Creepers came out and played, and they had DJ Tetsuo, Ludwig Beats, uh, Kill Screen, Ludi, yeah. and all, all, sorts of, all sorts of Pony DJs. And, um, like, one of the final acts, I think, of one of the nights that I went and listened to was um, Adam Subtractive, who... Adam! Uh, yeah. And I don't think he played a single Pony song that night, but every single fucking song was a banger, and his transitions were flawless. And there was, like, literally four or five people watching. And it, I just felt like that was a crime. Like, it was so good. It was so good. Okay, there's a couple of complications with general DJs versus producers in the scene and the expectation at pony cons. Uh, sorry, I didn't. I didn't want to necessarily oh, no, cut you no, off. No, by all means, please. I, I that was all I had. I'm okay. interested in your input. So, Adsub and Ludi, for the record, absolute bosses, stellar human beings. Did I ever tell you that I don't do a lot of drinking outside of things like this? I have a feeling I'm a little further in than I usually am. Are, are you having a good time? I'm having a really good time, baby. Yeah, you, How you doing? If there's anything that you're like, oh, God, I can't believe I said that, we can cut that. So Discord, Discord, Discord. Yo, 
<laughs> that doesn't count. That is that is that is gaming the system. Yo, no, 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 no. All right. Anyway, anyway. So DJs entering the system had a very different situation. With the way that this particular fandom developed, there was a sense of ownership and pride to the music. Not to say that it didn't necessarily exist elsewhere. I feel like the furry fandom has some element of this. There's a lot of, you know, furry specific artists. But um you know, as I said, there's an expectation for pony content to some extent. So when you have DJs coming in, not necessarily producers, not to say they can't, just, you know, their, their strength is putting together a general set. And they aren't as aware of some of these rules and expectations. Some of their earlier sets can get kind of demolished because they didn't cater to that. And it's a shame because ad sub is absolutely beast. So is Ludi. And they can play killer song after killer song after killer song. But one, they tend to play at certain times in the night where people are, you know, are done kind of for the evening. Or if it's late enough at night, you know, people have gone to bed kind of thing. Or they've gone out to, you know, another kind of party. Or, you know, they're, they haven't, early on anyway, they were made, you know, they weren't aware that people were like, you know, there's not enough pony in this. Like even at High Roller uh, PonyCon this last year, or just a few months ago, um, apparently the critique was that there wasn't enough pony. And oh. while I'm extremely proud of the set that I put together, I, I played a mashup of uh, Night of Fire and the Skrillex remix of Humble, but I also played Ooh. pony music. Uh, and I worry, and not necessarily, I can't really vouch for the sets of other people, not because, you know, oh, they're good or they're bad or whatever, but I kind of look after my own and I try to think about if I'm playing enough for the con, you know, enough pony music for a pony con. And I feel like DJs, or you know, by trade, the folks that, you know, DJ for a living, you know, maybe that's their first focus and then production might be, you know, a little further down, which is totally valid and fine. I feel like they are in a tight spot because they might see including brony music, not necessarily as an obligation, but I would hope that at best they'd see it as like a creative challenge because there is some good stuff out there. You know, some of the folks who are, that are playing BronyCon this year are absolutely fantastic at what they do, but also like some of those songs, well, they're there now. So that cuts a good chunk of what I would have played. Uh, like for DJs, I feel like there's the, the question of balance is more imminent for right. them. And when you have an act like Ludi Von Beats or AdSub, the artistry might fall to those who are there for ponies, which sounds in an artistic sense a little bit like it's robbing the integrity of the moment or the performance they're putting together. But on the other hand, they are at a pony convention. So I can understand that frustration. Like I can be frustrated. I, I get that moment of artistry. It's like, you just don't understand. I'm creating an experience for you. Twitch in place, beret on hat and on head. But you know, there's also moments where like, you're at a pony con. There's an expectation of pony music. Ah, play a couple pony songs. Yeah. Um, give, give the people what they want. Give what they came out for. More or less. Like, I feel like compromise and compromising might be a poor word choice, but, you know, a sense of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just concession. Like, hey, I know why we're here. Here's this. But also, here's this that I can do that might not be exactly, you know, what you're expecting. And that's part of what I'm trying to do for my set at uh, BronyCon this year. Like, I'm trying to mix. I, I have a little bit more time than usual 
<clears throat> uh, that's as much as I can disclose. Uh, and I want to fill that time, not just with, uh, you know, pony music, not that what I say next is mutually exclusive to it, but stuff that people wouldn't expect from me, but would still work with the tempo and the energy and still be an odyssey, like a full on Eurobeat Brony set. And I feel like it's a challenge not that not everyone is up to so much as not everyone feels like they should feel obligated to mat to match to meet you know right um it's an interesting position add all that to say add seven louis are absolute beasts um Tetsuo is also good at what he does but i haven't seen him around as much right and what kill screen is adding from the chat uh, oh shoot is he here oh yeah um, he says, and there's also something to be said about the actual act itself. For example, Garnica. Garnica is pretty universally loved, but never played Pony at Con. Yeah, like he did have some Pony songs, but I feel like that was when he was just starting to touch on uh, production. And right. my boy, Kevin, has grown so severely as a producer. Severely, it's a bad word choice. Like he's grown a lot since then. And I feel like his Pony stuff or the stuff that he made when he was more interested in producing, you know, willingly and unencumbered for Pony doesn't reflect where he is and where he's gone as a producer. So I feel like for his set, you know, and granted, I'm not saying I know what's best for his set because dude has DJed longer than I've known what to do with my two or three buttons that do play and sync. Everyone's going to have different stylistic differences. Right. Like, I think the most that I could ever say that he could ever do differently would be to add, like, a pony song or two. Like, that's the most that anyone could ever ask for from him. Like, and even then, like, his sets are so good. I have yet to see Garnica play a set that didn't go off. Like, people are always jumping and moving like oh my gosh this is the best set of my life this is so inspiring you have to keep doing this uh, need like more bass boost needs <laughs> more pony <laughs> <laughs> but like i have yet to see one where people aren't just the entire crowd isn't moving like except for maybe the folks that like physically can't and even then they're just kind of like lifting themselves up from their arms and kind of setting themselves back down rhythmically like they're trying like I have yet to see a set that that boy plays that does not go all the way off. Also, Alex Andromulus, like my boy, like he he is headline material. Oh yeah, like every oh, yeah. set that he's played, PonyCon regular show. I got to see him play a set. Sorry, this is me after a couple of drinks. I got to see him do a set like just on his own. Actually, Taps is at the same show as well. Uh, like they played sets at a regular venue in SoCal, and they both just killed it. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna knock PonyCons for this. Oh yeah. They, the stuff that they played and the level that they played it at was way more, it was like way more than they could have gotten away with, with the expectations set by PonyCons. And that's not saying that, that, that those expectations are bad at all, but I think it's different strokes for different venues. You know, at a regular at a regular club, like go nuts, do your thing, man. Like that's where you can really light up. Yeah. Like uh there's also cons yeah, not not to put words in your mouth. There's also something to be said about the venue itself. Like keeping in mind with these hotels, they're dealing with, you know, whatever audio equipment they could get. 
where the club purchased all of its equipment specifically for music and for playing cool music. That's a, that's true to a point. I will, I will mention that um, some of the cons that I've been playing at, there is a sound tech named Larsis, who is both an audiophile. He actually knew some of the products that uh, no came from the place that I used to work. Shit. Yeah, we Larsis, know Larsis. Dude, Larsis is an audio god. Like, securing some of the stuff for the last couple, I can hear myself on stage. I can hear myself on stage, and that makes a universe of difference. When I'm doing vocals, like, all the other DJs get to party till 3 every night. I'm like, my voice gets cold without a sweater. I need to go to bed at 4.11. And, like, it sucks because I can't party and do fun things. And then even after the show, my voice is gone. It's like, take it up, boy. But after a set where Larsis is on the soundboard, I can hear myself. I sing better. And afterwards, I'm like, let's go. Let's drink. Full voice. Everything is good. Like, I don't usually get to party before my sets anyway. I learned that from uh, past sets. Uh, but, like, Lars, gotta toss a shout out to my boy. Like, he can secure some equipment that is absolutely nuts. The setup at High Roller PonyCon was insane. Just so good. All right, Milk, you're gonna throw things at Lars now. We're gonna get him on. We're gonna talk, We're gonna talk music. Please do, yo. We're gonna do it. You probably got some dirt on me. <laughs> We're gonna get him drunk and make him talk about Discord. Hey! Drink. Hey! All right, we got we got a handful of more questions for you from the thread. There's like uh, seven more questions. <laughs> There's so oh, many. Let me, let me get some water. Oh wait, no, I have some right here. We're good. Let's do like two a minute. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna crunch through these here. Um, what do you think of the changeling design uh, change? Uh, do you prefer the bug pony style or do you like the new gay deer? <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. um. I haven't seen the episode with the gay deer yet. No! I'm a bad fan. I want to get back into it, but how do I say? My schedule since becoming between jobs uh, is more busy, actually, than when I had a day job. So I don't really have a lot of time to watch the show, but I do want to catch up. And I do want to see that. So for now, simply by default, bug ponies. Okay. Fair enough, sir. Uh, I'm going to try and grab one from each person and then I'll come back around and loop that way. Uh, Super Trampoline has a question for you. Is there any chance that you can release the MIDI for Batty? I'm trying to arrange an acapella version of it for my group. I learned a lot from looking at the stems for Luna. Oh, 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 I know who this is. Um, okay, so I need to, uh, the key is I need to figure out how and when and where, like, I absolutely can. I would just need to, uh, there's a couple of clicks that I would need to do in Logic Pro and that's, that's, that's very much doable. Oh yeah. It would just be tricky. And also it very likely wouldn't contain the melody for like the vocal melody for, um, okay, those bells are like a passerby ice cream person. Um, I would just need to find a way to implement that. But um, I tend to create some vocal lines on the spot if I don't already have a have an idea for it. So I, there is a chance. I just need to one remember, two do it, three publicize it. I feel like I sh- should take a few of my more notable, like songs that to which I own publishing, 
meaning yeah. none of the kind of blast materials, sadly. Get the MIDI and just put it somewhere. And just be like, hey, these are free. If you want to work with the stems, maybe those will cost money. But shoot, remix co content, go nuts. Make yourself uh, passive-aggressive post-it notes to yourself. It'll work. <laughs> no, by all means, take your time. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, that's not a bad idea. Shoot, maybe I should do like remix contests for like older songs like Luna and a certain song that shares a name with the service that we're using to communicate. I swear to God, if you say it. Anyway, I can Hello. say it. Ventrilo, exactly. <laughs> Ventrilo. Yeah, Ventrilo harassment uh, compilation five. Get <laughs> that. Drink, just a word, Ventrilo. Hey, is it really? Oh. <laughs> I clicked away from the Twitch for a second. <laughs> Quick question in the chat. I'm not getting grading at this point, am I? <laughs> oh, I, I think you're fine. This is, nah, this is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. We're at a solid B plus right now. Woo! Second should... best. That's what I like doing best. <laughs> it's kind of funny because if you go back and listen through some of the iTunes and like the YouTubes, you can tell which ones are the bad ones. This is a good oh, no. truck. Good, good, good. Like, all right. Uh, the next question we're going to grab is from Rundown Jet. You're a music person, so you got to have an answer for this. Number five, right. what is the theme song for your sex life? I prepared an answer for this. Um, so <laughs> the one that represents that best is John Cage's 433. It's not for the length of time so much as the actual content of the song. Oh, yeah, I feel like that represents it best. Oh. Um, yeah, so y'all do some research and understand that, and you'll perfectly understand how that represents my sex life. <laughs> oh, okay. Nothing has beaten Beat It yet. Beat It's still the best answer we ever got. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a song that's like, I want to fuck you like an animal. <laughs> oh. Yeah, can we get security? <laughs> that, that's not my song for the record. <laughs> that's, that's closer to God by Nine Inch Nails. All right. Reality is uh, illegal, folks. Folks, don't do it. We're going to grab a question from Drulaf Referg. What's that? pronounced. <laughs> All right, let me spread the shot. I see the question. Yeah, I I'm going to grab that one. Um, why did you decide to make that song? And <laughs> what kind of inspired you to make this one? Okay, Drink. so a few, a few different elements. Did they say the name? Yeah, he did. He said the name of the character. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so this song was the follow-up to Luna in quite a few different ways. Also, at the time, uh, a common critique of my work was that everything kind of sounds the same. I was doing a lot of Italo-disco-flavored stuff, which I think was okay, but people were like, Hey, here's how you make a Yuri Brody song. You take a tempo between this and this, and you have this instrumentation, then you're done! That's about all there is to it! I'm like, hey, so that was actually around about the same time that I released uh, Luna Jazz Mode, which I'm still pretty proud of. Um, but it also sounded like, um, it, <coughs> sorry, it also sounded like elevator music. And I was already toying with the idea of what kind of song would represent this character? What would that sound like? And I even posted on YouTube a few different drafts of what that could be. Like, I did one that was a little more silly. I did one that almost sounded like a song out of, um, 
goodness, what's that? Death Smiles, which is that um, uh, horizontal uh, bullet hell shooter from Cave. And it sounded kind of like that. And I went with none of them. And I'm like, you know what? I need a song that changes genres midway through because that's the kind of character <clears throat> this character is. And I toyed with that and I was awful at all those genres. There's a reason I remade so much of it in 2015. Uh, but I felt like it represented his character really well. And the thing with this was I wanted to make a song that followed up on Luna in general, partially for the criticism, partially because, hey, Luna was the first one that I did that had lyrics and vocals that were my own. Right. In fact, Luna was very scary because at the time, you know, we we're still dealing with uh, Slash Co. And my understanding of 4chan was you post something cringy or crappy, and people laugh at you, then they dox you to hell and back. Yeah. So, Oh God, oh God, oh God! Oh, they like it. Oh, they like it a lot. Okay. Um, also, fun fact about Luna, uh, Nightmare Mode is the definitive version, not Dream Mode. Dream Mode just took off because I think people don't like uh, Screamo, but I've wanted to do Screamo in a Eurobeat song since Cupcakes was released. Like When I did my remix of Cupcakes, I wanted to do it there, partially as reference to how utterly messed up the fan fiction was right at, kind of as a reference to that but i realized one i didn't much care for the fan fiction two the idea of nightmare moon lent itself better to screamo i think and yeah. in a way that i could get away with it kind of because yeah. i still had this kind of squeaky clean social media presence which other than today i've gener generally been pretty good at keeping up um and luna nightmare mode was a really good place for it and the reason that it's all, you know, it's all screamo at the end was like, well, sometimes you can't tell a dream is a nightmare until you've listened to it all the way through, until you've had it all the way through, and right at the very end. So Discord had some pressure put on it from Luna. It's like, okay, how do I make something that's new, original, but also reflects the character really well? Uh, and after <clears throat> a few months of false starts and different versions, I was like, okay, so... This song sounds pretty good. I'm going to put it out there and <laughs> just kind of exploded. And that's the story of, get your drinks ready, Discord. Oh, hey. you said the thing. <laughs> no, but actually, genuinely, I, I could hug you for Nightmare Mode. Um, I remember I when, I was listening to, when I was listening to early Pony music, um, I, was, I, I hadn't heard anything like that. And being the crazy metal fanatic that I am, seeing someone do that in, in a song, I, it was something I hadn't experienced before. It's like, I need more like this. And there was nothing. Dude, like, first of all, thank you. Like, I always appreciate when people can recognize that in Nightmare Mode. Like, so many people are like, oh, I love Luna, except for that last part. Or like, oh, I love Luna. I don't remember it ending that way, though. It's like, because you only listen to the one. And the wrong one. There's not really a wrong one. I'm just not sober. Uh, like, That's good. That's fitting. I've always wanted to do something like that. And the existence of metal in the Eurobeat world is fascinating because the lead singer of Rhapsody did Eurobeat. Another singer that's in a power metal band did Eurobeat, Roberto Taranti. Um, and, you know, there's always been this little flavor of metal or people that did metal were generally aware of Eurobeat in strange and surprising ways. That's part of why the ending of Nightmare Mode is so power metal flavored, like, like the like the double bass pedal. Yeah. Um, 
And I felt like it included Nightmare Moon in a more compelling way than Dream Mode ever could have or any song about Luna had prior at the time. It was just way more daring than what the scene was putting out in my opinion. Okay, I'm realizing that this is just basically sounds like this entire podcast has just been me like sucking your dick, it sounds like. But it's yeah. not like it's intended to I mean, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just trying to like respect your musicianship. Which, I, I mean, someone could easily bring you on and be like, to a pony podcast, and be like, ponies, ponies, ponies. And no, it's, it's hmm. about a respect to the craft. So, dude, respect for, respect for approaching it from that angle, too. Like, don't get me wrong, I'd be okay with a podcast that's, like, going around with the pony angle. But, like, if you're coming at it from a musicianship thing, well, that means that you're putting in a lot of respect. And that actually, that actually does, I do value that. How dare you say nice things to us? <laughs> Fuck you. We're going to the next question. You because it's time to... for questions with Violon. Alex, do the jingle. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. boy. It's time Whoa. for questions with Violon. It's time to... Ends with the Windows edit song. I can't edit. match pencils, high notes. <laughs> um, Violon usually comes on and asks the most distressing questions, but there is only, how are you today? Today's going okay. Uh, you know, other than the whole, like, interview thing, like, the job interview that didn't go well, not, today's going okay. Like, I mean, I'm a few shots in, so today's going pretty good. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit my story will change, but for now, things are going fantastic. All right. Then we're going to jump down a little bit to Tony Montana, mm-hmm. who starts by asking, what other genres of music do you like other than Eurobeat? Really good question, and my answer is kind of wishy-washy until I get to actually explaining it. I listen to everything but country and rap. Oh gosh, no! I, I used to be—I used to be that basic. I used to be that basic. Like I used to have. Okay, it's not—it's not the UGG boots and pumpkin spice latte that you have in your hand. It's—it's the—it's the boots and pumpkin spice latte that you have in your heart. Oh my! And God. I used to be that, but. There is some rap that's really good. There's some country and like, especially bluegrass. Oh my gosh, the musicianship of bluegrass is insane. For you, you and Ludi and bluegrass. Okay, have you yo, Fleck and the Flecktones? Dude, my dad's a bass player. Of course, I grew up with Bale. Oh my and god, and Victor Wooten. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. And Marcus yes. Miller. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. That's like half my childhood. Did you know that uh, Victor Wooten did a song with a progressive metal band called Octavarium? Yes. Okay, it's really fucking good. Anyway. Uh. My dad got lessons from Kai Eckhart. Okay. Um, oh, God. A little bit lesser known, but certainly, uh, certainly knew his stuff. And my, uh, one thing that my dad is sort of applauded for is playing... A style not expected for a dude as pale as he is. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad and I are, are, do not get a lot of sunlight. But um, my dad can play in a way where people are like, dude, we did not expect that from you. And like, I'm trying to stay relatively uncontroversial, but, like, my dad can play bass pretty friggin' well. And oh, yeah. part of that is growing up with listening to what he listened to, which included Bela Fleck and the Fleck tones, like Sinister Minister and, oh, like, Marcus man. Miller. Oh gosh, who was it that uh was it Marcus Miller that did that cover of uh Teen Town? 
I used to wake up to that. It could be Marcus because he does so many covers. Like he did Higher Ground, he did Frankenstein. He loves to cover stuff. Oh my God, we're just gonna talk about music. Yeah, like, gosh, okay. For me, it's less about genres and more about like musicianship in general. Like, I love power metal. I love soul. Like, I grew up on Earth, Wind, and Fire, Kraftwerk, Oingo Boingo. Like, dude, like before I liked Eurobeat, I liked Oingo Boingo and everything Danny Elfman put out. Like, yeah. my dad grew up on uh, Devo, and he likes Devo a lot. <clears throat> and he's like, oh, man, you know, I got this Devo tape. Let's listen to that. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. And then I heard Boingo, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. There's something unusually beautiful, dark, and lush about this. And then, you know, some of the later stuff, Danny started flexing his more orchestral side of things uh, at the expense of the brass section. But even a lot of my friends in high school were really into Boingo. And for a little while before we were our own band, we basically just played covers of uh, Michael Bongo tracks. Nice. And, and like, that was eye-opening for me because Danny's got an incredible ear for just very rich, lush, dark, and sad, like, not even sad, just melancholy tracks in general. And that was a big thing that I was very much so into before I really got into Eurobeat. And hopefully, um, actually, McCann, way, way back in the day, like an orchestral-oriented uh, musician, he now works at LucasArts, um, started, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, I can hear that right away. I'm like, really? In, in the Eurobeat about Technicolor Horses, you can hear a Danny Elfman influence. He's like, oh, yeah, easily. Like, some of the stuff that you've done with, like, pads and choirs and stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, by the way, McCann, he's one of those people that you, like, is so perfect that you want to hate him, but he's so good that you can't because he's just so <laughs> kind. And he's like, how can you be so blessed and still be a good person? Stop it. I want to I wanna dislike you, but you're just so good. I just want to pat you on the head and give you all the things you ever want in life. And like, that's McCon, man. That's ben. like, that. I probably shouldn't. We might want to cut the last name out. Okay. But like, that's Ben. I'll cut, I'll cut that out. You're good. Yeah, like, I don't want to accidentally dox him in the means of praising him. But, like, no, you're fine. dude fine. is extremely talented. He's an artist. He's a musician. He's just a generally cool guy. We hung out way, way back in, like, one of the first few Everfree Northwests. And just, my gosh, if you ever want to talk about someone who's, like, oh, he's also completely, like, ripped and just completely fit, able to jump around, backflips and stuff, but he's also the nicest individual that you will ever meet. Like, that's part of the thing was, like, you want to hate him because he's got everything, but he's also a good person and will, like, compliment you on things that you didn't expect. You're like, just, I don't, ah, I have to love you and I want to. I want to hate you, but, like, you're too good a person. I want so many good things for you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. that is Macon, but like, um, he was able to tell the the Elfman influence in my work, and even some of the stuff that I made before I knew what Eurobeat was was very Elfman like, um, and yeah, just like for me, it's less about genre and more about like musicianship, the kinds of interesting things that notes are doing, which is why I'm really into power metal and Eurobeat, or even soul, uh, and some some Kraftwerk's 
Oh man, I grew up on Kraftworks The Mix. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm spending too much time on this one subject, but like, there's so much good music, man. I just like good music, whatever genre it is. It could be like twitch in place, a unrhythmic screamo. And if it's musically interesting, then I'm all about it. Then you should check out Death Heaven. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna freak out. All right, Sun Bro for Life asked question. <clears throat> Yes. I'm going to take my favorite that he always asks. <clears throat> yes. Have you accepted Skeletor, the master of the universe, into your heart? Well, yeah. I've, started, I've started with Papyrus. I'm going to work my way up through Waluigi up to Skeletor, and then by then I should be ready. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. And he prays! Oh, my God, do I pray? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Can we get a Barcast version of that song, please? <laughs> this is my favorite podcast. Did I ever tell you that? Oh, <laughs> I haven't that's, even. It's so the tagline. That's going to be on the top of iTunes. I haven't even last. listened to any other this episodes, and this is already my favorite. <laughs> I haven't even like, listened to some other stuff I've been on, but none have ever gotten me this absolutely smashed. Aww. This That's is a good guy. He wanted blue, guys. Blue and yellow. No. <laughs> All right, I hate start. that I love that series so much. It's so terrible and I love it. Let me smash, please. I'm going to grab for you the next question uh, from Mike Snipe, uh, yes. who asked the question I think we're all thinking. Mm -hmm. Has pony music gotten you laid? I saw this question, and I have an interesting answer for once. Oh, my it has God. Gotten me, okay, it has gotten me offers from people who are already accounted for. I have been propositioned by women who are engaged. Oh. Holy yeah, real talk. Shit. It was a convention. I'm not going to name names or anything because I don't want to, like, shame any of them. Oh, or, like, no, if, they're, no, if they're listening no, no. in, like, I don't want to, like, put them on the chopping block, but, like, there was someone that I met at a convention. Like, we were talking a little bit beforehand, and they, uh, they were like, hey, you know, so I'm pretty into you. Oh, that's cool. No, seriously, I'm engaged, and I would drop that if you ever were interested. Okay. And then uh, <laughs> they also sent me, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Chihiro Fu. That might be a giveaway. Like, they, they, they sent uh, totally clean and wonderful things, like merchandise, uh, my way. And that was really cool. And then at a convention, they're like, oh, by the way, I meant everything I said, and the instant you say the word, I'm all yours. Oh, shit. Oh. And I was like, I can't do that. You're accounted for. You have an engagement ring on your finger. I just can't do that. I think I said Let it earlier. It be you be Let it yeah. be known that Odyssey is not a home wrecker. <laughs> look, I can't do that. Because, like, look, she was attractive. She was fun. Oh, my gosh. If she was not... Like, if she was not accounted for, I would have been like, hey, so, like, let's start out maybe dating? Because I probably, for the record, I'm, I'm waiting to marriage. Like, I'm actually not, no, I'm actually hey, kind of, like, genuinely doing that kind of, like, on purpose. So, like, so, like, I was not going to smash that soon. But, like, hey, if she was not accounted for, I would have been like, like, if she was, if she hadn't said to someone else, I'm committed to you, hey, let's get dinner or something. Let's go stuff together let's start a relationship but like let's do a kiss was... yeah let's do the... yeah let's do a kiss let's hold actually hands. 
Yeah. Oh gosh, dude. Oh, what kind of, yo, yo. <laughs> this is a lewd. This is a lewd thing. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> uh, but like, but like, but because she was accounted for, I like. Okay, I keep saying accounted for. That's a really objective way to put it. Like she had committed to someone else. Yeah. And I and I wanted to respect his commitment in this case, and because she was the one offering it, it was not hers. respecting that. Yeah, well, here's the thing. She was not respecting that, so I was not going. It was mostly for him because she was ready to throw that away. Right. And I'm like, you know, like I don't think I ever said anything to this effect. I was like, you know what? I I can't do that. I'm not going to be the person that gets in the way of what should be a like a loving and committed relationship. So as flattered as I am that I'm the one that you want to do that with, the guy that made the pony song that someone else did better, but you still like that one as much as I as much as I'm flattered. I just, I just can't. Like, that's not gonna be the thing for me. Like, I want, if I'm gonna start a relationship like that, I want it to be with someone who's not already committed to somebody else. I think that's totally fair. Mm. Um, so I'm let's spin. Cool, by the way. <laughs> oh my so god. It's got me, okay. So it's got me. Ten of, <laughs> what? I think I missed that. <laughs> what? Hey, you to see? So you see, I'm single, and uh, I'm music. <laughs> oh, gosh. Especially um, Discord. <laughs> <hey>! <laughs> All right. Let's, let's spin this in a different direction. Yeah. Um, Lone Trooper asks, what is your favorite heartwarming experience at a convention? Okay, so uh, there was a convention that I played where after my set, a little girl was like, Hey, I really liked your set. Thank you. I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. That was totally good. Like, and she was like, oh, can you sign this? I'm like, oh, absolutely. And I signed it. I'm like, oh, that was really sweet. I think nothing of it. I turn the corner, and there's a gentleman in tears. And um, he says, this is the first time she's been out of the hospital in a couple of months, in a, in a few months, and she wanted to see you perform. Oh. And the way that you spoke to her and the way that you took care of her, I cannot thank you enough. Yes. And that, like, I, I'm actually getting a little worked up right now. I was thinking about it. So, like, at the moment, I was like, hold back the tears! Hold back! I'm glad I could make your daughter's night, sir! I'm gonna go just cry real quick. This is gonna happen. Um, and if she, and if she keeps it up, I can make her night even better. Oh, dude, no, she's, she's, dude, she's like 12. Come on. Like, yeah, no. Um, she wasn't engaged, though. I'm yeah, no, she was also not the age of consent, dude. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I, okay I, I may have missed the age part. This is a very different person now. from the engaged woman that that proposition made. This is a very different person. <laughs> Alex, you're in that corner. Blam, you're in that corner. Yeah, I see you the age initially. Holy shit. Yeah, no, no, no. What are these high standards? Yo, real talk though. I actually prefer women that are slightly older than myself. Like a year or two? Yes, please. Oh, hey, I understand, man. Yeah, yeah, I do too. So believe me, like that. I don't. Sorry, that gives me the jibblies. <laughs> and not the studio jibblies, like the strong bad jibblies. Oh. <laughs> a jibbly, jibbly, jibbly. <laughs> Here we go once again with the email. All right, Milo's oh, has a question. But it's from a female. Oh, man, not from a female. <laughs> you have such a good impression of that. Okay. 
what Milos asks, what did you look at or what inspires you to make music or does it all just come naturally? Oh God, the Partridge family jokes that I've had over my life. My entire family is musical. Like I said, my dad plays bass, my mom plays piano, my sister played drums, my brother plays guitar, I play keys. Together, we make memes. I mean, the Partridge family jokes. I mean, a band, ultimately. Um, <clears throat> so, while my family, you know, my mom's been in bands, my dad's been in bands, my brother has played guitar for various things, my sister found that she wasn't very much into live performances, but I really loved music. Like, that was something that I really got into. So, when I, um, this is actually a really interesting story. My family grew up without cable for years. So when we moved into the house that my parents now own on their own, uh, and they got cable, I would sit and watch for a couple of shows. You know, some, some silly, fun stuff that was fun or really engaging shows I would stick around for. Otherwise, I would go back into my room and I would make music on this abandonware MIDI sequencer. Uh, and so that music is actually still floating out there on the internet. It's really bad. Um, <clears throat> but I would make just music that was very Eurobeat-like at the time, and I didn't know it until later. Like, listening back to it, it's like, wow, I really meant to make Eurobeat, and I just didn't know what that was. Um, and I just was just really drawn to uh, sounds that you couldn't get from, like, a guitar or a piano or a trumpet. Like, with synthesis, you could make sounds that didn't exist anywhere else. You had a sound that was just unique to that specific keyboard or that specific, uh, you know, arrangement of knobs and buttons. And I liked that. Now, granted, I was working with General MIDI, so I was really just making GeoCities core for the most part. But I liked that I could make something that sounded entirely my own, uh, just no matter which way you looked at it. Even if the instruments were all the same, the music behind it was interesting enough to be unique. So whenever my family would sit and watch them together, like even Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which usually kept me pretty gripped at the time, I'd just go back into my room and start plugging away at uh, MIDISoft Studio 4, which I once called in for with a, with a um, support ticket. And they're like, all right, which product are you calling in for? Uh, MIDISoft Studio 4? Really? I didn't even know that still existed, man. Oh like God. the the entire like list that they go through dropped. Like, really? That's not a name I've heard for many a year. <laughs> like, they're like, yeah, you, they're even like, yeah. I, I'm sorry, like that's before my time. I wouldn't be able to help you there. Like the closest thing I could think of is this one, and I don't think I don't think they kept as much from that one to this one. I, I'm really sorry. Wherever you got it, you might need to uh, look into what happened. Um, but yeah, for years I worked in uh, MIDISoft Studio 4 before I got into uh, an ancient version of Cubase, as in now with VST, uh, to Logic Pro. But um, I've grown up around music. My, you know, my dad raised me on a pretty good diet of Kraftwerk and um, Marcus Miller and Bela Fleck, and my mom raised me on Mannheim Steamroller and Earth, Wind and & Fire and Stevie Wonder, and <clears throat> I've always just loved music on my own just from what i heard from those like man this is really neat that's a really roundabout way of answering this question and just one question out of lists of several i'm out of fireball 
I might just oh, do shots no. of horchata at this point. <laughs> do it. All right. Woo! I'm gonna. There are so many people that came out specifically just to ask you questions, like people that don't normally listen to our podcast. I'm gonna try and give awesome. them just a little bit of love here. That's um, fair. One of them is from Harlan Bus, who says, "Oh my God, Eurobeat uh, Brony is a legend." Here are my questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna pick. You have to choose between Gas, 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 Deja Vu, or Running in the 90s. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to have to choose Running in the 90s because Deja Vu is a very specific meme. Gas, Gas, Gas is even more specific and very recent, though I am glad that a more recent track has caught on. Mm-hmm. Running in the 90s is so utterly applicable across the board. Plus, I've worked with that producer. Like, my, the very first song I ever did on Super Eurobeat was with the producer of Running in the 90s, Laurent Newfield. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also got Vince DiGiorgio to rewrite the lyrics. He was the A&R representative that found the Backstreet Boys. And he rewrote the lyrics to the song that I sent When the Wolves Sing, and he, wrote, he rewrote it into When the Sun Goes Down. And Running in the 90s just... As its own song, even though it rips off um, Tora 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 by Domino. Right. Without authorization from Brat Sinclair, by the way. I do think it is a song that transcends some of the same reaches, some of the same limits that Deja Vu or Gas 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 kind of has to stay within. Running in the 90s is just a song that you get right off the bat. It's like, oh, stuff is going fast. Stuff is going around a corner really fast or something. It's, yeah. it's, the Eurobeat equivalent of um, Guile's theme works everywhere. Yeah. It's the Eurobeat version of that, basically. It goes everywhere. It's something that you can do anywhere all the time. And it's, it is, to the Eurobeat world, what Space Boy and Night of Fire wanted to be and would have been in the commercial world, but not in the internet world, you know? Right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So of those, I have to pick Running in the 90s. Now we got Patchwork Poltergeist. Patches is so, so nice. Um, Mm -hmm. She follows your work, and she goes um, with a very gentle, kind question. (laughs) Where the hell is my European (laughs) remix of The Light of Your Cutie Mark and Rules of Rarity and Time to Be Awesome and basically all the songs from season four onward? You bitch. Hey. What the Yo, 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 real talk. Which season was Luna's Future from? Oh, uh. God, now I have this blank stare like I'm remembering Vietnam. Um, <laughs> Story of my entire fandom career, man. I, I don't actually remember. So, I mean, that's pretty close to around about season four. Here's the thing. I, there's a lot of there's a lot of the show that I haven't caught up on, not because I don't want to, but because I just haven't really had much time. Or I, when I had that time, I had to focus on other things. Like I've been making a lot of creative, uh, a lot of uh, original work, and I've really been enjoying that. And if I watched the episodes with The Light of Your Cutie Mark and Rules of Rarity, and I liked it enough to remix it, I would make that remix. Time to be awesome. I feel like um, either uh, Delta Brony or another artist might have covered that one well enough. 
Like, look, I'm not the only Eurobeat artist in the Bernie fandom. There's, there's other people, there are other people rather, that have the capability of making this. Like, it doesn't have to be for me. That said, if at some point during my rewatch or my catching up on the show, you know, I bump into those and they're like, oh man, that's great. That makes me want to make a Eurobeat remix. I'm going to do it. If not, then you're kind of SOL. Yeah. Like, that's been the case, by the way, for the entire Super Pony Beat series. Originals, remixes, whatever I'm doing, I make what I want. And that's not necessarily be, me being like, well, excuse me, I'm just going to do whatever. It's like, look, I make Eurobeat remixes when I'm inspired by them. That's always been the case for Super Pony Beat, and it remains true even now. If I get inspired by MLP to make another remix, I'm going to do it. If I get inspired by Zed to do another remix, I'm going to do it. If I get inspired or <clears throat> A1 contacts me to make another one uh, from Toho, I'm going to do it. They actually uh, specify which songs they want me to remix in the case of A1. But so like, like it does, it's, it's entirely kind of the, the feel of it. Like you may decide, oh, I need to make, you know, In Our Town, which you released three years ago. Yeah. Or you may randomly decide, oh, well, Seven Lions just put out a new banger. I need to do that. Right. Actually, fun fact. Um, one of the organizers of Japan PonyCon loved my remix of In Our Town because oh. I referenced, okay, that song is produced in reference to a producer in the Eurobeat world that I don't tend to imitate. It's a bit more like Brat Sinclair, who produced Night of Fire and things like, and then songs like that, which who I don't tend to replicate. Like I usually don't do that one note at a time kind of thing. But he was like, "Oh man, that's great!" But uh, if you listen to my remix of In Our Town and compare it to Night of Fire, there are some similarities, and that's intentional. Um, but yeah, like your remixes in particular come when I damn well feel like it. And that's not me being like, oh, screw you for suggesting, so much as like, if I want to, I'll do it. I feel like that's a better way to approach remixes than, oh, it was in the show, better remix it. Because I'd rather <clears throat> make a remix that I feel strongly about than one that is expected of me, even if I don't like it. Like, it's more I, about that passion and avoiding burnout. Exactly. I mean, there is an element of avoiding burnout. There was a period of time when I was kind of burned out, but I feel like I would rather make something out of genuine passion that, you know, and that passion shows in what I've worked on than force something for the sake of views and clicks and getting that sweet, you know, those sweet brony bucks, all three cents of it, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there are artists that do that, and I just can't bring myself to be one of those. I'm going to make what I feel inclined to make. Right. Gosh, you guys are getting some raw answers out of me. Like, no, I feel like this is drinking great. really asked to do this. Well, no. The whole thing about this podcast is that we want to get to know who the people behind the work really are. Yeah. That that's the whole thing here. We're not here. This to is talk. now. <laughs> um, I want to touch two quick things because we're we're pretty much already out of time. But oh god, um, really? These, these, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, we just got started. Two hours. No, We've we've got um, two things I want to touch on because yes, they yes. don't talk very much, um, but they're really good questions. First thing is from Dash Till Dawn. 
who mm-hmm. says, before I start asking my questions, which we're not going to be able to get to, I want to clarify that the only reason I got into bronies was because of the work of you and the Living Tombstone. Um, and because of, had I, had he not heard your work and, um, Tombstone's work, there's a good chance he wouldn't be here today. Hmm. I appreciate that. Um, and Niaro, uh, who I've never seen before has a question, mm-hmm. um, which this could get long and sprawled out, but I think it's for someone who has respect for the craft, this I is a question it. that you want to get, um, yes. What do you believe to be the largest contributing factor in the continued survival of Europe? Oh, gosh. Okay, so for lack of a better way to put this, that doesn't sound spiteful to AVEX, because I do think that they are on some level aware of what they need and are now trying. Honestly, everything that AVEX hasn't done for Europe, making it universally available, Adapting to modern trends and dance while still retaining its existing identity Mm -hmm. and just keeping the sense of fun and joy, unbridled, uncensored, unashamed joy that Eurobeat is about. Because look, like, Super Ponybeat didn't get popular just because it remixed NLP or just because it was a quirky sound. It was kind of a fusion of those things and the fact that it was available to everyone. Super Yerby is only within this year available on like American I- North American iTunes and North American like sources. You couldn't get this stuff legally in most ways, but the Eurobeat sound, people are pining for it. People want this kind of sound. Knocking bottles over. Uh, like people want to hear this kind of thing one way or another. And most of the ways they've had to do it are through illegal sources making it available readily in as many ways as as people want and in a way that people can actually understand remixes of modern artists remixes of you know modern sounds incorporation of existing trends or even just making it available on bandcamp or something where people don't have to spoof a japanese ip address to get i think that is one of the largest contributing factors i think as long as people make Yerby available to those who want it, it will survive. Because people know what it is. They love it. They want it. Snail's House knows what Eurobeat is. Pegboard nerds know what Eurobeat is. Porter Robinson is a Eurobeat fan. And they know what it is. They want it. It just needs to be available. Make it available and it will survive. And then I, I, everyone can be 100% in the bitch. I've been clinging to this subject for quite a few years. I feel like that might have been a little loud. My bad. No, this was your moment. (laughs) This was your time to shine. Like, look, Super Pony Beat, any number of factors, the reason it got remixed by a Eurobeat label is not because it was MLP themed, not just because it had over a million views. It was something people could resonate with, not just because it was, you know, the MLP was a gateway to it. People like Discord because it's a fun song. Eurobeat contributes to that fun. It's a fun sound. People want that joy. People want that life in what they listen to. And making it available means that they can enjoy it and they will and they'll support it. If it's available for money, they will pay for it. It just needs to be available where they are. And that's something Avix just does not seem to understand. Like... Hmm. 
I've had to tell people like, look, I'm sorry, you live in the United States, you can't get my songs that appeared in the initial the arcade game, not until it's available over here. I'm sorry, I can't do that. But now, you know, now I can, but by then I've already made works that people can, I'm taking this way over time, I'm sorry. No, you're fine, please. <clears throat> but like, that that's the thing, like I've made works that are kind of follow-ups with Luna is, is kind of a spiritual successor to When the Sun Goes Down from the initial D soundtrack from Super Yumi Bone 201. It was a pony available version of that. And people could relate to it. They could click on it. They could buy it or, you know, download it for free because I can't really do that with songs about a copyright character. Like, it was something they could connect to. Eurobeat, people want it. People love it. People like it. People want to make it. People want to buy it. Like, it is a sound that is in demand. It is 90s Japanese culture. That is Tumblr candy. That is Tumblr candy. Like, people want this kind of thing. All they got to do is make it, make it available, and promote it. That is all they got to do. That, that right there would be like three quarters of what Eurobeat would need to survive as a genre. Until then, Avix has continued to strangle the genre to a point that few have had a grasp on a, an abstract concept in, a, in such a strong way. Oh, man. It's just so inspiring to listen to you talk. Like, I, I love that we get to meet so many different and, like, diverse people while doing these interviews. And just listening to you talk about your craft is, is truly inspiring. Dude, um, real talk, I'd shed blood for Eurobeat. Like, this is, this is a style that got me out of some pretty serious depressions. This has got me, like, this has got me to play across the world. This has allowed me to make music that has reached people. Like, Eurobeat is a genre cast. that I would suffer for. What? It's got you on the bar cast. I mean, that's the hard That's true. That's, that's the minimal right there. It's like, I mean, shoot, might as well be here. <laughs> and uh, this to answer is your yearly torture. <laughs> yearly? Oh shoot! I can come back next year. <gasps> I think uh, I can safely say for the for the twenty people <laughs> watching us right now who are all requesting that you come back on another time, that you can stay, and hang around, and we will invite you back. Woo! Let's do it. You I, are, I would you love are good to do people, that. and you are welcome in these circles. Yeah, and in the meantime, you just stay fuck around on the server. Everyone's a bunch of hell. Yes, so. that'd be known. Absolutely. We actually, we actually have a. We'll talk more about that after we're done. But for sure. Uh, and to answer your kill screen, when I'm invited to Austin, Texas, that's my question. It sounds like you got a couch to crash on in Austin. Oh, and when is Drop Team Epic getting those deceptive steam, de deceptive stems within the day? I've got you. Hey, and then all you need to do is wrap up Luna, too. But, you know. Wait, what? You, uh, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, uh, that. <laughs> yeah. That's a secret. That's for Baltimore to find out. Ooh. Ooh. Hype. I actually think Super Trampoline is going to, or Batty, I mean, the MIDI for Batty. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, I can also do that, too. Uh, then, you know, I totally you don't want. divulge any secrets. <coughs> yeah, whatever you want, I guess. But um, seriously, though, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. It was mm -hmm. so wonderful and refreshing to listen to you talk about the craft and, and get an insight into ancient pony history. Absolutely, thank you for having me. Like, and please, if ever you want to talk more about ancient horse history, like 
Grandpa Odyssey's got you covered. In my day, Sathista was just a tricksy role player, and we didn't much care for it at the time either. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got you. Like, if ever you want me back, please let me know. I, you know, if, if I can work it out, then please, absolutely, let's do this again. Hell yeah, man. But until next time, uh, let me do that professional thing and bring up the guest list and hype up for next week. Oh, Woo! Yeah. Uh, milk, help me. No, actually, I've got it. Invisibrony. Invisibrony? Oh, right. Uh, everyone be sure to tune in next week when <laughs> we're doing completely unpaid advertisement for the Amino community. I'm sure you guys have heard of Aminos from other YouTubers and stuff before. We're so of acid, to... isn't it? The DNA? Amino acids? No, like the app. The what? That Oh, yeah, I've heard of Amino. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine actually has a friend that's pretty active on there. It's an actual, like, community app that uh, you can post nothing that's 18 plus. So we're going to get someone front that runs it and put them on an 18 plus podcast. <laughs> so we can't promote ourselves at all. <laughs> so it's, it's flawless planning. Perfect. But until next time, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this has been Alex underscore. Yes. Sorry. Flamin Horfer. Yes. Milk. Yes. Of course, our wonderful guest, Odyssey. Remember to like, come subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. And of course, before I go, for those who haven't taken any, any shots yet, Discord. Oh. <laughs> I just downed a shot of rum chata. I'm going to regret that in like five minutes. My name is Flutter Freeze. This was a good week. You guys, see you next week. <laughs> Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.